1: How's everybody doing? It is Monday, April 25th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. I am your host, Carl Reed. Since taking over at Michigan State early in 2020, Mel Tucker has rebuilt the Spartans and helped quickly climb them towards the top of the Big Ten East. He joins me on today's episode to talk about his Michigan State program, building using the transfer portal, NIL's effect on college football, and more. So without holding you any longer, here is my conversation with Michigan State head coach Mel Tucker. Here with my guest today, head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, Coach Mel Tucker. How you doing, Coach?
0: I'm doing good, Coach. How you doing?
1: I'm good, man. Thank you for joining me today. In the offseason, the the last few weeks, uh, it really has been going on all year. All the rage has been the transfer portal. Okay, And so I I like to give viewers a different aspect of it from where I was sitting as a high school coach. Right. I felt like the transfer portal was necessary, um, especially because of the movement of coaches. And so as I saw recruiting, there were relationships built over a long period of time that it seemed like the college coaches benefit but the players kind of lost out you know on some relationships as coaching changes happen as different movement happened throughout college football guys were recruiting guys and then almost immediately after signing they changing jobs and so from that perspective I looked at the transfer portal is necessary for the players that had an option also on the other side of that though I felt like the players had to be careful when going into the portal because you could end up with nothing at times if you went now you built your program last year, off a lot of successful transfers. You had some major success in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. What have been your thoughts on the portal
0: from the good and the bad perspective? Yeah, well, you know, we approached the portal, you know, very similar to like how we approached the draft and free agency when I was in the NFL for 10 years. So, you know, you want to build through the draft, but, you know, you're going to use free agency, you know, to your advantage to fill some immediate immediate needs or... You know get a proven commodity, a difference maker, you know things like that, and so you know that's how we look at portal like we we want to build through the high school ranks, but we're going to go to the portal to complement our roster. We haven't been in the portal as much like this year as we were a year ago you know I, I think it's i think it can it, I can be it can be good for the players, just like you said coach if if they if they uh, they're making good to deci- good decisions, you know they're going into the portal for the right reasons um and if they have a plan. You know when they go in, it's important for guys to understand. Like, hey, you know, when you go in a portal, what's the process? You know, what do you What do you look What are you looking to do? Where are you looking to go? And why are you in the portal? You know, and make sure you know that there's a you know very very realistic. Have good information and be you know truthful and honest about what the situation really is or is not. And if players can do that, I believe the portal can work for them on the coaching side of it. For us to to bring to add guys on the portal, you know they have to make us better, and then they have to be the type of guys that buy into the culture that we have here as we communicate what we're all about here at Michigan State and what our culture is and the things that are important, how we live and behave every day, if that resonates with a with a young man that's in the portal that we want you know then it's a match. We have alignment, and then we can get them here, and then once they get here, they can hit the ground running because of what we have is what they wanted, and there's no surprises when they come in the door.
1: There's a lot of high school coaches around the country who feel like the portal has hurt high school players and that it slowed down the recruitment of high school players. Do you agree with that, or do you think that it's a little bit overstated in, the, in how it's affecting kids at the high school level and recruiting?
0: It probably depends on you know the individual situations of the, with the schools. I'm not sure if that's if that's the case with all of the uh, all of the programs, like for us here, you know, we're heavy, heavy in high school recruiting. You know, we just had a huge weekend for our spring game. We had a ton of high school players here. We signed 25 guys. And the vast majority of those guys are going to be high school players. And so I think uh, you know, like the approach that we're taking is like if you're not 100% sure on a player out of the high school ranks, then maybe you should just pass and get it, and and take another high school player that's as good or better. If you don't have that player on the board, then it may be better just to wait for someone in the portal because you know you don't know who's gonna be there, but you don't. Know, there are gonna be players they are really good players. So for us, the portal is allowing us not to have to reach for a high school player. We know that players are they need to be developed. You know, so that that's that's always the case. It's not going to be you know always plug- and play guys coming out of high school with, and that's not the expectation but if there's maybe there's a guy that's a good player but you have some questions about maybe some of the intangibles and things like that not quite convinced on if he's the right fit even though he's a highly recruited player or he's being recruited but you know being recruited by other schools or he's a highly highly rated guy instead of saying okay well we'll just take him in anyway we'll just get him we'll just get him anyway and then see how it goes maybe say, listen just just wait.
1: Something significant that happened this season, you signed a record-breaking contract, the highest of any African-American coach in sports. I read something um on social media a couple weeks ago when it talked about the impact that Tony Dungy had on African-American head coaches throughout his tenure in the NFL and even to this day. Do you ever feel pressure right now being in the position you're in to continue to develop minority and African-American coaches and give guys
0: opportunities to come through the ranks? Oh, absolutely. You know, I feel that every, every single day. There's not a day that goes by that I don't feel that, that pressure and that responsibility. And I never forget that I'm a black, I'm a black coach. You know, that's, that's daily, 24-7. It's always top of mind for me. And I've had a lot of help along the way in my career. It's my responsibility to, you know, help others, you know, other guys, you know, in the business. Either help them get started or if they're already in the pipeline, help them along the way you know, give them the advice that they need, you know, whatever I, whatever I can do to help guys that are in my program and, and they're not in my program, you know, guys reaching out for help, advice, you know, maybe making some calls for some guys or whatever, but you can't really, if coaches that are in positions of influence don't use the influence and really can't help move the profession forward the way it needs to move.
1: After this contract was signed, did you feel like it Put a target on you at all in terms of the competition level. Right after that tough game against Ohio State, did you feel like it made people gun for you? Did you feel like it that like that is pressure on you when you sign that type of contract?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel any any of that. I didn't feel like that had anything to do with it. Not you know not in our building and most of the coaches that I that I talked to were you know were happy to see that contract. You know, so I mean it's not it's not only. Helping African American coaches, but it's helping all coaches when they go into contract negotiations as well. That's the feedback I've been getting from coaches across the country. In, in terms of you know the the target on my back, you know nothing's really changed for me or for us in this in, in, inside our building. Really, the change has been you know maybe the perception of our program or the perception of me nationally, and that's really what's changed. You know, there's all eyes on East Lansing right now, which is good. You know, everyone wants to know, hey, what's going on in East Lansing? How do these guys go from two and five to eleven and two. You know, how are they using the portal? You know, how are they um why are all these players, uh these top four and five star players interested in Michigan State? Why are these guys taking these visits here? You know, what what's all the what's all the hoopla about? Which is good, which is good. Because once people really take a look into what we're doing, they see that it's not hype, it's real. We have great culture, we have great process, and we have a willing mentality, a relentless mentality, and we have great coaches and great support staff here. You know, so um, you know, it's just you know, it's just shining a spotlight on what we're doing. Um, but no one can put more pressure on, on me or us than what we put on ourselves. That's not that's not even possible. I mean, that's not even something that's in the realm of possibility. You know, it's we create a pressure cooker in our own building.
1: When we talk about staff and, and we talk about hiring and mentoring guys, you made a very outside-the-box hire when you brought Brandon Jordan in as the past Russian spe- specialist. And how I first found out about BT was – a lot of my former players um, that were playing on the D-line at a high level in college, they kept wanting to go to Houston and train with them, and they, they were raving about him. How has he made the adjustment from being a guy who's been a trainer for a lot of the top college and NFL players to an actual position coach in Michigan State? And has that also brought some value to your program from a recruiting standpoint, possibly, with the
0: defensive linemen across the country, knowing what he brings to the table? Oh, yeah. I mean, he's done a great job. He's an awesome guy. He's an expert at what he does. He's a great teacher. He's got excellent people skills. He's a hard worker. He's all about that work. You know, he gets it. You know, he gets it. And, you know, anytime, you know, that you, you know, NFL players really don't have a use for you if you can't help them. If you can't help them get in the league, stay in the league, you know, get better, make it to another contract, be more productive, then, you know, they're not really going to have time for you at all. So, For him to be able to build his clientele through word of mouth that just speaks for itself for itself in in the nfl to those guys that's how they make that that's how they make their living that's how they feed their families and so for him to have the respect of those guys and not just a few but many across the board you know younger players and veteran players that just you know speaks volume of the type of teacher that he is and how he can uh, capture guys minds and and help them get better and 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 how they put that work in so And from a recruiting standpoint, yeah, yeah, of course. You know, because, you know, Marco Coleman is our defensive line coach now. He was a first round pick in his regard. He played double duty years in the league. You know, he's been there. You know, BT has his experience with NFL players. So, you know, all these guys want to go to the NFL. They want to have an opportunity. They want to be trained. They want to be developed in a way that can give them the best chance to follow their dream, fulfill their dream, and play in the National Football League. What better? situation can you have? you have so many guys um that have NFL experience that are mentoring you and coaching you on a day to day basis.
1: Coming off of a great season in East Lansing, Kenneth Walker was a huge had a huge, huge year. He's headed on to the NFL. You have a competition right now running back between Berger and Bruce saw How is that going and and how was the outlook going into this season coming out of spring ball?
0: You know that's a Cam was a which was a huge difference-maker for us. Cam Walker, excellent player. very interested to see where he where he goes in the draft. I've been getting a lot of calls lately, and there's a lot of buzz about him. I think he's moving up the boards. You know, I can only talk about Berger because he's here right now. He got here in January, and he was a little banged up to begin spring ball, but he's he got healthy in the last couple of weeks, and he showed a lot of production uh, on the field, and he's a very, very talented runner. And we're going to have a very good run game. We have one of the best offensive line coaches in the business, Caldron Pro, uh, with Chris Capilla, the coach Cap. I mean, he knows how to he knows how to get those linemen ready. We got some of our young linemen a lot of work this spring because of some injuries. Those guys had to step up and, and get a lot of reps. Um, and so I expect that we'll have have the depth that we need, um, and then we have the competition, you know, in the running back room with with Berger, you know, Elijah Collins, Harold Joiner. No, Jordan Simmons um, and Davion Prim. Any additions that we may get out of the portal, maybe coming here like in May and June, we should we should have a strong running back room.
1: Last thing I'm gonna ask you before we get out of here, Coach. In the last week, Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban have made different comments about the NIL schools potentially setting up themselves to buy players and, and recruiting and things of that nature has nil been a good thing it do, do we need overhaul does it need more oversight is it good for the game or is it something that we need to go back to the drawing board and reevaluate the way nil is being handled
0: yeah i think it remains to be seen it's very similar to like the portal you know the portal was new and there was some unintended consequences that came with that but um, but the portal's not going anywhere, and neither is NIL. It's in the beginning stages. Some of the parameters are not as tight as what we're used to seeing, you know, from legislation and things like that. You know, there's a, there's a lot of loose ends, but it's a huge topic of discussion with the student-athletes and their parents and their coaches. They want to know, you know, where, where we stand on NIL. It's also a topic of discussion for our current players. The guys are already on the roster. They're already here. And we have several players that are taking advantage of the opportunity to to benefit from that, benefit financially from their, for, from their name, image, and likeness. You know, and we work with them tirelessly when building their brand and marketing themselves, and, and helping to educate the players so they can make informed decisions. You know, and it takes a lot of time management. There's a balance on that. You know, they got academics and they got football you know, and then they have their career planning and then they have the civic engagement, the community service, and they have the NIL with it. And so it takes a lot of uh, time management skills and just a lot of, uh, a lot of education. You know, you get out of it what you put into it. I think it remains, to, it remains to be seen like, you know, as we go, what the impact is gonna be on college football overall. Is it gonna create the haves and have nots? Is it gonna create even more distance between those, those type of programs? Or is it going to help close the gap? It's going to be uh, interesting to see if those models are sustainable or not, you know, year after year after year. Um, and what are, the, what are some of the unintended consequences, um, good and bad, you know, coming out of the uh, you know, positive and negative coming from this NIL? But it's really we're just navigating some uncharted uh, territory right now. So we'll have to make really, really good decisions, um, be clear eyed about it. And you know, keep the main thing, the main thing do a great job of evaluation, acquisitions, making sure that you know we're in alignment with the people that we add to our program.
1: Big thanks to Mel Tucker for joining me on the podcast. And of course, we wish him and Michigan State good luck this season. The Spartans open up at home on September 2nd against Western Michigan. For Mel Tucker and our producer Lance Glenn, thanks for listening to the College Football Daily. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday.